0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Disney Inside Out with your host, it's me, Ryan. I'm very excited to share today's episode because we have not one, but two magical guests. When you visit Walt Disney World, you are surrounded by incredible cast members. Many of them are amazing leaders. Today we have Dr. Rebecca Morgan and J.B. Adams, current leadership development consultants and former cast members with Walt Disney World. Together they host the podcast, Leadership Life Stories. In their second season, which is currently out now, Rebecca and JB bring on former Disney executives and leaders to discuss their former leadership roles with the Disney company. And they share some amazing stories about the many qualities of a successful leader. Their guests represent many areas of Disney, including HR, merchandise, Imagineering, and they even get to speak with Valerie Oberly, the first female executive at Walt Disney World. Take a listen and have some fun. We even play some games. Welcome to the show, Rebecca and JB. Thank you, Ryan. It's great to be here.
1: Hi, Ryan. We're so excited to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. I am so excited to have you both. And we're gonna learn all about um the podcast you do and everything. But you're here. This is a Disney podcast. What I wanna know is your I wanna know about you and your Disney background. So, Rebecca, let's start with you. What was your introduction to Disney as a child? Through the films, theme parks, sort of how did how did Disney become um, part of your life?
1: Well, um, I remember going to Walt Disney World as a child, and I have wonderful memories of my family. And I used to cry when I leave, when I would leave, and um, I'd always wait, want to go back, and beg to go back. And it's just so magical. And so I remember in high school, you go to the guidance counselor, and they'd be like, "What?" do you want to do when you grow up? Like, what do you want to study in school? Do you want to go to college? Do you want to learn a trade? Like, what do you want to do? And I didn't really have an answer. I used to say I wanted to train dolphins and whales. And that's what I was uh, really focused on. And I lived in Massachusetts and we really didn't have (laughs) access (laughs) to dolphins and whales (laughs) where I lived.
0: That makes sense.
1: (laughs) And so I said, I went back with another answer and said, you know what? I think I want to work at Disney. And so they said, okay, again, Massachusetts, Florida, it's not that close. And so I always had that in the back of my mind. And when I was in college, a girlfriend and I decided we were going to drive down because that's how you got jobs back in the day at Walt Disney World. You had to drive down and interview in person. So none of this online stuff. We had to sit there for hours in the casting center and wait to get an interview. And we did, and we were able to get summer jobs. So that is how... I started working at Disney, and then I went on to work for Disney for 22 years in uh, 17 different roles that started in theme parks, but then went around the world uh, with different segments in the company.
0: I love that. And, and JB, what about, what about for you?
2: I was exposed to the Walt Disney Company as a small child growing up in rural Illinois. And uh, there's actually a recording of me um, on Christmas Day with my little four-year-old voice saying Mickey Mouse because I had gotten a Mickey Mouse ball for Christmas as a gift. Um, I watched uh, Wonderful World of Disney on Sunday nights. My um, obnoxious cousins would take a vacation to Disneyland or Disney World every single year and they would come back and tell us all about it and we were jealous because I my parents uh, took us to other places for vacation not to Disney so I got to hear about it and I did not um, attend Disney Park until I was a full-grown adult. Oh, The first park I attended was Disneyland in California. And actually, this is the moment that I like to say, like the moment that Disney got you. Because mine was a very specific moment. I was at Disneyland in California. This was the late 1980s. I was with college friends. My very first time in the park, we were there at night. So I didn't really have an experience of the first time seeing Disneyland during the day, we were there at night. We got in the queue line for Pirates of the Caribbean and we were waiting and, you know, moving through. And I looked up and I saw a shooting star. Wow. That's (laughs) so cool. You don't see that very often. And then about a minute or so later, I saw another shooting star and I thought, wow, there must be a meteor shower tonight. And then the third time I saw a shooting star and it had the exact same path as the previous two my eyes readjusted and I realized, oh my God, we are inside a building and that is not the sky.
0: Oh, I see where you're going.
2: And they totally got me in that moment, full grown adult, duped by Disney magic. And I thought, this is an amazing company. This is not a regular amusement park. This is something special. And about a year after that, I... uh, joined the the Disney company as part of the college program and started my work at
0: Epcot at the Land Pavilion. That's magical. I like that story. Everybody's got one. I'm trying to think if I have a gotcha one. That's what I was going to ask,
1: Brian. How about you?
0: I mean, I grew up like Disney to me, like obviously I grew up watching the movies and we did go to the theme parks when I was younger. And I just always remember having Disney be a part of me. But the movie that really changed it all for me that I'm up still is my favorite was the little mermaid Mm -hmm. seeing that in the movie theaters. I remember seeing it It was like the first movie I saw in the movie theater and it just, I just was like, maybe that was my gotcha. I was like, Oh my gosh, they create this thing that I had not seen something like that before. And it's just, you know, put me, put me in love with them forever.
2: Yeah. I think that's one of the secrets to the, to the Disney brand is everybody's got that moment where they feel the magic and because they like it, they come back for more.
0: Now you all mentioned like all the different roles you've had. Can you talk a little bit about like kind of your career with Disney, like what role you started in, what you sort of ended with. Um, I just want to hear about all the different things you've done. Cause you, you all have done a lot and I'm excited. Cause I, I love this sort of different perspective, you know, different, different roles in the company. So
1: I don't think the podcast is long enough to go over the list of jobs I've had at Disney, but we will start. <laughs> so my very first job was working fantasy land merchandise at the Magic Kingdom. I worked in Cinderella's castle and I was often mistaken for a princess because we wore these long maroon cranberry dresses that went down to your ankles and kids are sweet and they'd be like oh are you a princess and I'm like no I just work for one (laughs) and I sell her trinkets in the store and that store is now Bippity Boppity Boutique but at the time it was a gift shop that sold um, name histories and pewter dragons and things like Mm -hmm. that that you'd want in a castle so I worked there yeah first job was merchandise then I went to guest relations where I was a VIP tour guide and I worked Um, something that was really special at the time. I'm going to date myself with this reference, uh, but I think JB will remember it. The World Key Information System. Have you ever heard about that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was the two-way
1: communication system that guests could pull up in the park at these kiosks and a live person would appear. Like, it's kind of like, I guess, Zoom today (laughs) where you do the calls. But back then, this was super high tech. So I was one of the people that people could pull up. guest relations that's one of the things that we did there and so worked that it was pretty fun and then i became a merchandise attraction custodial manager for at epcot for spaceship earth that was my attraction and all the merchandise and custodial area around there and then i went to the united kingdom pavilion at epcot and was a manager there which was absolutely incredible to work with the international cast and it was during that time that um, we were rolling out something we talk about in the podcast a lot, because a lot of our leaders were leaders during that time and responsible for leading this this change initiative through the company. And it's called Performance Excellence. And JB will probably talk about it as well. He remembers it well. And I became an internal consultant for that to help roll that program out, to help teach that to the cast members. And that really changed my uh, view of leadership And what I got really excited about, because it was all about the guest experience. It was all about the employee experience. And it was all how those connected to create this business experience. And again, it changed me. And then I became a voice of the guest and cast experience, working with our executives to make the experience better. So working in guest correspondence and guest letters and taking all that data and saying, this is what our guests like, this is what they don't like, and doing all that. So that became... um, what I'm really passionate about is continuous improvement and leadership and how we do that to drive business results. And then it goes on. It continues to go on for there.
0: Of those, is there yes. one that really stands out as like a favorite or one you're like, you know what? I always look back and I like, if you could go back and do one again, what, which role would you want to do again? Probably the one where she met me.
1: There's a story about how I met JB. I'm telling you, I should tell you that
0: It's, it's in my list. I want to I'll get to that of how you all met.
1: Yeah, I think my favorite job was being that voice of the cast and guest experience and to see the impact that you can make by like putting your listening ears on, right? So if you listen to what your customers are saying, you can make a difference to the business, right? You react to that. You think, can we put something in place? Because there's clues everywhere that if you can piece them together, they can do incredible things. And the same for the employees. Like if you take the time to listen, um, it makes a difference. And so I think that was my best role that I would love to go back to. I don't know if it still exists, mm-hmm. but it was it was just really, really special. And I was able to take that, even today, to be able to take what I learned there and just apply it to absolutely everything that I do.
0: That's cool. That's really yeah. great. I love that. What about for you, JB? How, what, tell us about your roles.
2: Um, my roles, I was not at the company as long as what Rebecca was. So I would sum mine up in just sort of four categories. I started in the college program. Shout out to the college program. If you know any young people who are looking for a career, check out the college program at Walt Disney World. It's a great opportunity. Uh, my first role was
0: uh, Ryan, have you ever been to Epcot? Oh, have I? Yes, have I you have you been to
2: the, have you been to the Land Pavilion?
0: Living with the Land's one of my favorites to do Isn't oh
2: it really? my goodness. Living <laughs> with the land. You go through the whole boat ride and at the end there is this box with a window, which is the biotech mm-hmm. lab. Do you remember that? Yes, that I was do. me. I was inside oh, the biotech really? lab. Yes. And I helped save endangered plant species. That was my first role. Then I moved to Disney university um, and I helped kids learn about physics at the magic kingdom. That was my transition into Disney university. And from there I transitioned into Disney Institute and I Uh, My signature program was the Disney Approach to Leadership Excellence, and that's where I kind of made my career, uh, developing leadership training at Disney Institute, and then I left the company, and my fourth role is as consultant. So I have worked for Disney in Orlando, Anaheim, Burbank. I worked in Shanghai with Rebecca, um, developing training uh, for company-wide and for Disney Institute
0: initiatives.
2: And I I mean, I, I found where I belonged. I mean, I, I fell in love with it.
0: Do you have one of those? Uh, f- is there a favorite role in that group, JB, for you? Or one you'd want to do again?
2: I love developing training. So I, I would compare one internal role with my external role. When I worked at Disney Institute and, and in the interviews that we did in the podcast, the one that we did with Valerie Oberly would be the one where I sort of reveal. And, and also our episode one where we interview each other. I got to tell everyone how I found my place at the Walt Disney company doing what I love to do. And I always say that when you find what you love to do, people will notice and they will give you opportunities to do more of it. And that's where I felt like I really shined. We, we could be creative. We could try things. We could make mistakes. We could fix the mistakes and just do better and better and better, all for the sake of creating an amazing guest experience. And so I was really, really proud of that. And then after I left, I would get invited back to come and develop more training, uh, particularly for Disney Institute, but also got to work on some really cool
0: stuff as a consultant, um, continuing to work with the company. You all both have this such wealth of knowledge and experience, and you bring that to this podcast which is called leadership life stories and this season two centered around the walt disney company because walt disney world is celebrating 50th anniversary can you see i'm wearing my 50th shirt for you awesome nobody else can see it but you two. it looks (laughs)
1: great
0: thank you but i want to know sort of how how did the, the podcast come to be how did you meet each other how did this sort of partnership happen oh rebecca let's start with how did we meet each other
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll go first with this one because my story... I don't know whose story is better. We'll have to see. Um, I was working at the Disney Institute. I was the design content manager. So as JB mentioned... um, Disney Institute, we had various programs at the time, and we were doing a a refresh of the programs and creating new ones. We would hear this name in the hallway of J.B. Adams, J.B. Adams, J.B. Adams. And you know, sometimes you hear a name and you're just tired of hearing. You're like, I'm tired of hearing about J.B. Adams. (laughs) (laughs) J.B. Adams, J.B. Right? And so then we hired J.B. to do some work. And so now I had to work with this J.B. Adams. And let me tell you, it, it really changed my life because here we are talking to you, Ryan, and we did this podcast together and JB, it was an incredible experience of the programs that we got to work on together. And I don't know why and how he puts up with me, but he does.
2: <laughs> well, it's not putting up. I mean, it's, it's a, every moment is a pleasure with Rebecca Morgan. So oh, I, I JB, will take so that sweet. story okay. and extend it. Oh, uh, gosh. Here we go. I was, <laughs> we were working on a leadership program for Disney Institute. That was when I first, met Rebecca. And we only worked together, it felt like to me, for a short time before Rebecca left. I did. And she went- they I had to it work. with you.
1: Just kidding. She had had it.
2: <laughs> she said, enough is enough. And she moved to Shanghai to work for Disney English. And my continuation of the story is that Rebecca had me come and help her with some sales training in Shanghai. And to me, that was the moment where I really felt like I got to see Rebecca in her element really making a difference for the Disney company on the other side of the world. We have a mutual admiration society and we have had one ever (laughs) since. So when you ask about leadership life stories, um, leadership life stories is a podcast that I have wanted to do for a long time because I really believe in the power of narrative. So I think when leaders are are self-aware, they are able to tell their own stories and everyone else can learn from the stories that leaders share. So I created a podcast um, that, you know, gave me the opportunity to ask those questions. And basically the the premise of the show is advice that a leader would give to his or her younger self, stuff that all the rest of us can learn from. So as we were preparing season two, I was looking at the calendar and Rebecca, I don't know when I initiated this with you, but it would have been, it <laughs> Earlier 20? this year, earlier yeah. in 2021, I basically just said the 50th anniversary is coming up. If, if I don't do this now, I won't get a chance to do it again. And I wanted to get at least six Walt Disney World leaders to come on and talk about their leadership careers and about their experience at world and theme parks, um, Disney theme parks in general, because we sort of wanted to leverage the timing. It's a
0: good time to talk about it. I love that. Now, the guests, you mentioned six different guests. Were they people? Some of them, I know, because I've listened to the episodes, you've worked with everyone or just some of them, all of them in some capacity? Between the two
2: of us, I think we've worked with all six of them, right, Rebecca? Correct. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And the, the guests on there, you have people from HR, events, imagineering, merchandising. I mean, it really spans... You know, the Disney company, which is why I love listening to it. Cause I was like, these are, these are stories you don't hear. You know, we only hear maybe more frontline cast member type stories, but you're getting to hear these, you know, higher up leaders and, and just really talk about, you know, leadership at Disney and what it means to be a leader. And, and even if you're not, maybe you think, well, I don't have that kind of role in everyday life. You listen to these and these are more than just work lessons, these are life lessons. All the guests have a consistent quality of grace, positivity, encouragement, and I'd use the same words to describe the two of you. So it's just such a, a wonderful environment, and such a great podcast to listen to. You get together, you decide to do this podcast. How do you, you know, come up with the questions, or how do you decide, you know, what what, what the topics you're going to cover? Because leadership is just such a big topic.
1: Well, I think what was really important is, as JB talked about, is. It was all about examining Disney leadership as the Walt Disney World celebrates this huge milestone, the 50th anniversary. Like, it's crazy that Walt Disney World is 50th. And we've had leaders on this podcast that were there prior to opening, that they were there on opening day, and then later. And it was just amazing to hear what has stayed the same through the years, what has changed and how leadership has evolved. And just to be able to bring their stories to people because one of our favorite questions is, is Disney leadership a big deal? Is it? I mean, would you think it's a big deal, Ryan? Is Disney leadership a big deal? I
0: Totally. I actually was going to bring it up. I love that you asked that question because I do think people from, you know, we call them non-Disney believers are like, so what? You worked at a theme park. What's the big deal? But I'm like, no, 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 this is not a theme. This is more than that.
2: Yeah. yeah, I I can add to that. When you ask how we put the questions together, some of them were, you know, from the previous season, just sort of a standard format, talk about adversity, talk about accomplishments, talk about your background and your personality. Those are all things that I would expect in any leadership podcast. What Rebecca, what Rebecca brings to the table was the infusion of making it Disney specific and kind of challenging our guests to defend, is it a big deal? And I think we came to the conclusion that it is, (laughs) But we wanted to give voice to the skepticism out there that might want to dismiss a show like, oh, so what, you were at a Disney leader. It, it really is something more so about the Disney culture. That is what is worth examining is how does this very strong culture get perpetuated over the course of decades and how does it develop leaders so that it can sustain its own culture. So that's really what we're kind of examining.
0: Yeah. And and so many of them talk about, you know, I think I think Valerie Cockerell said it, that you you kind of take these and and these lessons you learn, these work for any job. Like you go to any once you're once you've worked at Disney, you're prepared for any job with these skills. And I think that's why other companies admire Disney so much, because people come out of there just ready for anything. And And I just I think that's really great.
2: Yeah. And I think one of the things that people might be surprised to hear is we also talk about the evolution over time. So we we are acknowledging that this is happening, not just at Disney, it's happening in corporate business settings in general. And we like to discuss with the guests, was Disney ahead of the curve or behind the curve in recognizing trends? This is a little bit, Ryan, this is a little bit of what we would call the podcasting making of the sausage. Um, so I don't know if it's. <laughs> other podcasters also listening to this podcast we record the shows then we have to go back and do pickups and edits and we sort of rethink everything that we want to say and what do we keep in and what do we leave out and Rebecca and I did not record episode one until after we had almost all of the interviews finished
1: yeah that's true
0: yeah
2: and so we kind of knew where the whole season was headed and then we recorded the episode that was going to go out first there are moments where we surprise each other with laughter and there's also moments where we surprise each other with tears.
1: So many tears.
2: So many tears, It's like it was always a test to see who would cry first. Will it be yeah. Rebecca or JB this time? Because we know each other and we love each other and we respect each other and we sort of admire um, each other as colleagues and as friends. And so that comes across throughout the entire season. Because we want our guests to feel comfortable and come on our show and have fun with us and, and you know just be yourself.
1: And I'll tell you, we're also very passionate about the topic, right? It's about yeah. leadership. And to get emotional about leadership, people might think that's crazy. But for JB and I, this is our life's work. And this is what we believe. Like if you truly believe in taking care of your people and providing these experience, it can make a difference. Because we have seen it. We have seen it with these leaders that we've had fortunate to work with that have done that for us. And so, yeah, there's a lot of tears. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Great, JB, that's crying all the time. Uh,
2: Yeah, heartfelt, heartfelt. And to me, that was another thing that made it special about Disney was Disney is an entertainment company. We want to make sure that not only our guests, but our listeners are entertained by being real and telling the truth. So sometimes that means we do talk about the adversity. We talk about what's hard and how do you get through it. And sometimes that touches people in a special way that brings on the tears. So, it's it's all good. It's all good.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite ones was with Deloria from Human Resources. That was one of my favorite episodes because there was a, a a tearful moment. Rebecca, you were talking about an experience you you shared with Deloria. Yeah, call me out. And Ryan. it gave sure. me Rebecca, you cried. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rebecca, you cried. I cried. No, it gave me chills. Like it's there's so much empathy to be had in the stories and there's just so much just being human beings with each other and it's just it's a that's one of that was one of my favorites when i listened to it. i was like oh that's such a good one but everybody who comes on the show i'm amazed because you might think the guest comes on and you're like uh eh, maybe i'm not interested in events but barry jacobson has some really great wow. stories that i was like oh my god i can't believe that happened oh yeah yeah all that behind the scenes
2: kind of stuff is uh people who love disney yeah will learn things that they didn't know before. Ryan, I'm sure you saw this. It was on October 1st when they showed the 50th anniversary special on ABC. I was watching that show. They were talking about the moment that they were announcing Epcot at the Contemporary Resort. And I thought, that is the exact same day that Dave Vermeulen got in trouble (laughs) (laughs) and almost got fired. Um, So it's sort of connecting the dots with the things that happen along the Walt Disney World timeline. You're hearing the behind the scenes stuff in the
0: interviews that we did with these leaders. Will there be more? Is there going to be more Disney interviews? What's the future of Leadership Life Stories?
2: Uh, The future of season two is that we would like to do more interviews before the anniversary comes to an end on October 1st, 2022. So we, we might shoot for six more. We uh, have discussed those plans we'll we'll see what happens in January I mean I would love to do it Rebecca would love to do it too right
1: absolutely <laughs> i JB you know I will do absolutely anything for okay. you
0: what are your sort of thoughts on the 50th what are you excited about have you been since it's the the announcements happened what what are you what are you most looking forward to when you visit Disney World on the 50th
1: you know Ryan I haven't been yet I'm super excited to come But I'll tell you what is going to make me come for sure. And it is going to be when the Tron coaster opens. I'm super passionate about it. Very close to the team who brought that incredible land and experience to life in Shanghai. And there is nothing like it. And I cannot wait for that to come to Walt Disney World. It is going to be such a treat. There's nothing like it. It's so cool. Um, we know it's going to be an 18th month celebration because they're always at least 18 to 24 yeah. months, right? It's gonna, It always is that way. Of so, course. That's when I'll be there. Super excited.
0: Okay, JB. The thing that I'm
2: most looking forward to seeing is I, I always love it when there's brand new construction, and Epcot is my favorite theme park. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they did with Communicore. Communicore West got torn down. Okay, some of your listeners don't even know what Communicore West is. But it got turned into inventions, and then interventions got torn down, and they're opening it up as world celebration. I just love the idea that there's always something new and fresh at the Disney parks, and they they never stop thinking of the new things that need to be done, particularly at a park like EPCOT, which is you know it's about the world in the present and the future.
0: So we're in we're we're in December. It's the holidays. Do you have any favorite holiday traditions at the Disney parks or that you used to do? Maybe they're not there anymore. Maybe they still are. Anything you want to share about celebrating any holiday at Disney?
2: I can get excited about Disney holidays. So first, uh, if you have not been to, I think they changed the name of it, but it, it was Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween
0: Party. So they, I think they changed it just this year, but they technically haven't had it the past couple of years because of the pandemic. This year, they called it Boo Bash, and it was not the same okay. thing.
2: Okay. That is one of my favorites. Oh. I have been to that three times, and uh, I recommend it. There's certain things that they do every single year, and it's just this little thing. But in the parade, it's the gravediggers with the yeah. shovels. Yeah, my fave. And the shovels spark. They scrape them against the pavement. And they, they make all kinds of sparks. That and the Headless Horseman are, are just
0: uh, amazing moments. I've been multiple times. Do you dress up, JV? <laughs> I have, <laughs> yes.
1: Ooh, okay. Now you now you have to tell us. Tell us. What did you dress up uh,
2: as? You can't dress up in an elaborate costume. You can dress up in something simple. And uh, I went mm-hmm. with my friend, Jill, and we wore uh capes and witch hats i mean it was very simple but we wanted to get into the spirit
0: so yes we dressed up
1: okay ryan have you you've been so have you dressed up tell me oh yes
0: here's the list i've been an incredible i've been peter pan i've been luke skywalker i've been i think harry potter one time which was a little weird i think i did harry potter there i don't know maybe i didn't do harry potter there that would have been weird but yeah, you have to be careful when you're an adult dressing up there. There's a there's a sort of line if you're if you're too good and you could be mistaken mm-hmm. for some, you know, for the real mm-hmm. Peter Pan. You might have to change, but
1: Oh yes. Oh yes. I've I've uh Worked international gateway, the entrance right by between by the UK from the Yacht and Beach and the Boardwalk resorts. That entrance yes. to the park, and I remember working Halloween nights when we'd have to look at the characters who would come in, the, the not characters that would come in, the guests dressed as characters that would come in. And yes, it, there were times when the costumes were like to your point, too real or too scary to too something, and that was always a fun time.
2: Yeah. Now, Ryan, if you want us to talk about. The Christmas holiday season. What I would say is, uh, I have very fond memories of something that they don't do anymore. Um, they used to do a live nativity at the Disney Village Marketplace, now known as Disney Springs, and I had seen that several times and always loved that. And the closest thing to that is the candlelight processional, which is also always great.
1: Yes, that was my that was my answer, JB. You stole it. It was all about candlelight processional for me at Epcot. The guest narrators, the singing. Um, I hear they make cast members audition for that, which I guess is a really good thing. But years ago, I sang in the cast Christmas tree. I did not have to audition. <laughs> Maybe that's why they make people audition yeah, now. But it's really gonna... cool and special. They changed it because yeah. of me, probably.
0: They're like, that girl, Rebecca, we don't want her back again. Let's do auditions. We <laughs> don't need voices
1: like that. Yeah. Exactly. No. But that is so magical. Ugh incredible was there
0: always a celebrity narrator do you remember who's
1: yeah i think they've always been there but they're incredible Mm -hmm. like some of my favorite i'll tell you eartha kit to (gasps) see eartha kit yeah it was just stands out just seeing that but so many over the years have been incredible like neil patrick harris i love i love all the broadway Mm -hmm. ones that come andy garcia like just you're just like wow wow Ryan, when are we going to see you be a guest at the Candlelight Processional as a narrator? Come on, with your experience and background, that would be something.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. Call me, Disney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The
1: Call him. He's incredible.
0: I want to do like a this or that with you. Are you guys up for that? There's no prizes similar to your show. There's no, there's no winners. There's no losers. There's no prizes. All right. Well, we're ready to do that with you, Ryan, whenever you say go. Dole Whip or Mickey premium ice cream bar? doll whip second vote for doll whip okay magic bands or using your smartphone
1: neither 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 i'm very passionate (laughs) about this ryan this is when (laughs) super passionate i think jb might be too but if i had to guess but no i don't know if this is a quick answer but no neither of them i like experiencing the park this whole scheduling thing is not me I don't like Uh to. I like to explore and walk and just let's go do that. That sounds fun. Let's go do that. But this whole overscheduling of everything is so not me. I'm not a fan of either.
2: Second vote for neither. I think when you go to the parks, it's supposed to be relaxing. You shouldn't be worrying about where your next destination is unless it's just like one or two things like, hey, we have dinner planned. We don't have to worry
0: about it. I'm in I'm somewhere in the the middle of this and I knew this would be like a good debate topic here so i brought it in i love the convenience of the magic bands in terms of like just scanning them to pay for things or to or you know to not have to to kind of have everything on there unlock your door pay for something if you'd like i'm with you on the scheduling it gets to be overwhelming however at the same time i feel like now with the genie plus and everything you can plan as much as you want or you can plan as little as you want. And I think you can still go and do what you want to do. Now, granted, there may be one or two rides where you you maybe you do need to get into the fast pass or the lightning lane. But I still think you can go and not be all in the planning and, and just enjoy it and still get into line for things. And I think there's still some of that there. Extra, extra magic hours, morning or evening?
1: Evening. It's all about the lights.
0: That's a tough one. I'm going to say morning. Okay. I'm an evening. I like I go like a good late night. I'm agree with you with the lights and everything. Is it Hollywood Studios or is it MGM? That one hurts. It hurts because it's a a
2: sign of to me of how how long we've been around when I was a cast member, and it was this was a brand new park when I started. The Disney MGM Studios. The Disney MGM Studios. And we were trained. It is not. The studios. It is not MGM. It is the Disney MGM Studios. So I stuck with that the entire time. Do you have a preference, Rebecca?
1: Do I have a preference?
2: Yes. Which
0: which one do you call it?
1: I just call it the studios. I know that's wrong, but I just call it the studios.
0: So for me, MGM. Oh, Disney MGM Studios. Always MGM. I just loved it so much. I still love it. I just in my mind, I still call it MGM. Tower of Terror or Mount Everest? Mm, Tower of Terror.
1: Think Everest.
0: I'm a Tower of Terror.
1: Okay. We still can be friends.
0: The World Showcase or Future
1: World? (laughs) Yeah, it's World Showcase for sure. But Future World is very special to me because I led Future World Center back in the day and I met my husband there. So it's super special. But World Showcase all the way.
2: I'm going to say Future World, even though I'm not sure it's called that anymore. No. (laughs) There might still be a Future World section Mm -hmm. left. The Land Pavilion is my home. And lots of great people still work there. So, um special place in my heart. Jimmy,
1: have you gone? Let me ask. Have you seen the the, the holiday overlay in the land? I've heard they have special lighting in there for... This time of they, year.
2: They do have special lighting in the greenhouses during the holidays, yes. I've heard. Don't they usually put up like the wreaths in the in the living with the land too? I don't know about wreaths. I know that they do a holiday overlay and uh, I haven't been to the
0: land in a while, but I love it. Yeah. I always wanted to do the tour, the living with the land tour, like the seeds. Is that what it is? The seeds yes, tour? Yes, <laughs> the seeds. Yes, uh, I, I
2: gave many. We We called them harvest tours back in the 1990s. More than I can count. Right, that that concludes my this or that. Thank you for playing. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. It was a pleasure. Do you wanna do you wanna indulge? We wanted to play a
1: game with you, Ryan, as well. Yes. I love games.
2: I of course I have time for you.
1: We have time.
2: I I think we have time. So we're gonna start with this one. Leadership Life Stories is about leadership. And one of the games that we play with the guests, which is very simple, but it's called the self-awareness quiz. And the essence of the game is that leadership begins with self-awareness and you cannot, contr- or you cannot, you cannot change, change your personality as much as you can manage it. So, Ryan Wright, are you ready for the self-awareness quiz? I'm ready. Excellent. We use the five-factor model. Ryan, number one, openness. Are you, do you consider yourself creative or practical? Creative. Number two, conscientiousness. Do you consider yourself disciplined or Flexible. Flexible. Number three, extroversion. Do you consider yourself introverted or extroverted?
0: I will say introverted.
2: Number four, agreeableness. Do you consider yourself compliant or challenging?
0: I am compliant. I'm so compliant.
2: (laughs) And number five, neuroticism. Do you consider yourself sensitive or steady? I'll say sensitive. Okay, Ryan Wright. This is what you said. Let's interpret what it means. You said that you are a creative flexible, introverted, compliant, and sensitive leader. Given this, what environment would you say is right for you and what environment does not work for you?
0: I would say the environments that don't work for me are static. Like you're just in one place and you do this one thing and there's not a lot of room for your own individuality or your own ideas, something that's sort of, this is the way it is, you do it this way, and there's no sort of going against that. Even though I said I'm very compliant, I do enjoy an environment, I think, where I can maybe interact with other people or or do things for other people that that bring joy or just get to express like sides of myself. I like to express my cr- creative sides. Did you ever have a job that you didn't like, that you could tell, like, this is not for me, this is not going to work? I've done many jobs. I will say, so this is hard. So doing like retail work was very difficult and it was like something I was like, this job is not for me. However, there were aspects of it, depending on the retailer, where I could be very creative and do things for people, whether it was like getting to demonstrate a product or you know, where you could maybe do a little show or something. But overall, I was like, "I, I need to do something that, is full on, lets me, you know, be my creative self.
2: Rebecca, what would you add? What's your reaction to what Ryan just said?
1: You know, it's no surprise from that, that you do the work that you do and you're very good at it, Ryan. Really good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for playing with us in that game. That's one of our favorite segments of the podcast because we like to ask our listeners as our guests answer these questions, Think how you would answer. And Mm -hmm. um, we get a lot of comments that, wow, that was really helpful. I enjoyed that part. So thanks for playing along with us, Ryan. I loved it. Thank you for
0: asking me. Cool.
2: Do you want to do another one? Yes. All right. In just a moment, we're going to do something else. I'm not sure what. But before we do...
1: Oh my gosh, JB and that whistle.
2: The sound of the train whistle means it's time to play Walt Disney World Insider Free Association, the game where there are no right answers, no wrong answers, no winners, no losers, and there are no prizes. In order to play the game, Ryan, we provide you with a series of prompts, and for each one, you provide us with the first answer that pops into your head. Ryan Wright, are you ready to play? I'm so ready. Cool. Rebecca, we're going to alternate these.
1: Okay, Ryan, what is your favorite Disney character?
2: Have to say Mickey Mouse.
1: Yeah, good one, JB. Yes, I think we're all three. All the same.
2: Ryan, what is your favorite Walt Disney World theme park? Disney's
0: MGM Studios or Hollywood Studios, (laughs) AKA.
1: (laughs) Okay, favorite Walt Disney World Resort?
0: I think I'm going to say the Beach Club.
2: Ooh, that's a new one. Ryan, favorite attraction that's still operating today? Tower of Terror. Yeah.
1: JB, what about you?
2: Oh, I knew you were going to stump me with this. Oh, wait. Haunted Mansion. Favorite favorite attraction. Haunted Mansion. What's
0: yours, Rebecca? Um, Okay.
1: It's a Small World. Yes. Favorite attraction no longer operating. The Great Movie Ride.
0: Oh. oh yeah. Now, okay,
2: Ryan, I'm going to put you on the spot. Great Movie Ride or Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Train?
0: It's so cute, but the Great Movie Ride. I just have to stick with it. Oh. Favorite <laughs> restaurant and meal. Okay, so this question, I am not a big foodie person. Like I don't go to the parks and I'm not all about the food and all this. So I love theming. So favorite restaurant, I'm going to say, and people will probably take me down for this, but I'm going to say the Be Our Guest restaurant because I love the theming. Mm-hmm.
1: I was going to say, I thought you were going to say I love the gray stuff.
0: <laughs> I do love the gray stuff too. If there was a favorite dessert, I'd say that. My meal though, in terms of food. So at the beach club, I ate at Ale and Compass this past trip. And that meal was just so good. I had steak and cake and the waitress was, oh, she was so wonderful.
1: Anything at Walt Disney World that you think is overrated?
0: Maybe the parades. I don't always watch them. I find that Mm -hmm. you can do a lot during the parade time. I'm going to say parades.
1: You know, that's true. You can get on a lot of things and get your shopping done and all that.
0: Exactly. I mean,
1: truth be told, I mean, I'm going to date myself here, but after Mickey Mania jb do you remember oh, mickey mania I mickey mania you. we're that's gonna right. rock the house exactly after that like seriously should have stopped doing parades it's the greatest parade ever
0: I, oh when they bounced the on those parade. bouncy balls i yes! love it
1: and the bmx oh. bikers do you remember jb yes
2: yes but i i mean there's always a a soft spot in my heart for uh spectral magic
0: <laughs> oh spectral magic's one of my favorites too mm-hmm.
1: that, that's a classic
2: all right, Ryan, anything oh. at Walt Disney World
0: underrated? The cast members, all of them. Oh, all of them. And I thought about this because I don't think there's enough. I know that we, I know they got recognized a lot, especially during the pandemic, but there's not enough. The cast members make it all. You, they're somebody's doing something for you every moment you are there, whether you recognize it or not. And these mm-hmm. cast members are showing up because they love what they do. And it, That is what you're feeling when you walk in is you're walking into an environment where everybody loves what they do and they love helping you. They love being part of your experience, your vacation, and not enough is done for them. I was mad when Disney took the... They used to have a Twitter account that you could Mm -hmm. tweet, and if you tweeted about a cast member, sometimes they would print it out and they'd go to that cast member and take a picture with them. I don't think they do that anymore, and now it's in the app, but you can't even say the cast member's name. You can just say where you had a great experience, Mm -hmm. and that's not enough. It's not enough.
1: I love that you're going to make me cry, Ryan. Thanks, you did it. (laughs) Used to be JB, but now it's you, (laughs) Ryan. And our final question is: Do you have a favorite memory?
0: Okay, favorite memory. I'll say a favorite. Off stage memory because when i a memory because when i was younger i did i cannot remember what they called it then but it was a tour where they took you in the tunnels and you got to see behind we got to go to the diamond horseshoe for lunch uh-huh. and then we walked under the magic kingdom and we saw all the the utilidors and the tunnels uh-huh. and this is i was probably like 12 and I was alone, like my family, they all sent me. It was just me. I got to go with, you know, nobody in my family, just other kids. And it was just amazing. We got a little book with a certificate afterwards and we got to go to a show that's no longer in Magic Kingdom. If you remember, it was called Legend of the Lion King. It's where Mickey's Magic is now. It was basically all the music of the Lion King and it was where they, they had like sort of the puppets that they would do. We got to go backstage and, and meet one of the puppeteers and he let us operate Timon um, just to see how it, how it worked. That's probably my favorite memory. That's great. All right. And with that, Ryan, thank you for playing
2: Walt Disney World Insider Free Association. You didn't win any prizes, but we had
0: a lot of fun. The prize was the game. That was the prize. <laughs> the prize was getting to play the game. I want to I thank you both for coming on here and talking to me about the podcast, about everything. But I want to um, tell us where we can find the podcast, where we can and follow you if you want to share, if you want to be followed. Um, but let us know like what's, what's coming up, where we can find you.
2: The podcast is available on all podcasting platforms. Uh, look for Leadership Life Stories, Season 2. And you should be able to find it wherever you want. Uh, We also have uh, pages on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. So look for Leadership Life Stories on there and you'll get updates on our latest episodes.
1: Um, I can be found at theawesomeleaderleague.com. And that is where I share some of my work that I write around leadership and also have some other experiences. So feel free to come check it out over there. And I think JB and I also are also on LinkedIn and we love to connect with people on LinkedIn as well.
0: Thank you both for coming on. And I look forward to more... um, more of your stories because you guys have a terrific podcast and you both are so wonderful great hosts it's such a fun show to listen to so everybody check it out and thank you again for coming on and being my guest ah (laughs) thank you ryan this was fun loved it
1: yes thank you so much ryan it's been a treat
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. I love talking to JB and Rebecca. So much fun, so many great stories. Be sure to check out their podcast, Leadership Life Stories. You're gonna love it if you're a Disney fan. You're gonna hear all kinds of stories from different parts of Disney World that you never thought about before. So check it out. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe to Disney Inside Out Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen if you can. And I hope everyone has a magical holiday season.